Mr. Pop. He's the greatest directorial genius in the history of movies. Did a great job of the moon landing. This is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix and Mark Fine. Like sands through the hourglass, this is this crap we do every week called Rock and Roll. Now, hello everyone, welcome to uh, Rock and Roll. My name's Kevin Hillier, all present and accounted for tonight, including the lovely Mark Fine. Uh, very rarely been called lovely, but I'll take it from you, Kevin. You're a man of discerning taste, so good evening to you. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Yeah, I'm well known for my discerning taste. It's what everyone says about me when they meet me. Uh, yeah, yeah, my- yeah. As, as, as evidenced by the people you do this podcast with. <laughs> Correct, including the other lovely uh, that's uh, here, and he's been called lovely on many occasions, many, many, in fact, too numerous to mention, uh, the lovely Brian Mannix. Well, thank you, Kevin. It's always a pleasure to be called lovely oh, once again. Very, uh, very laid back. Uh, we in uh, we in the reflection room tonight, are we, at the penthouse? We in the... No, I, I don't feel very well. I've had a bit of a fever all day and I just don't feel 100%. Well, you had a so. bit of food poisoning lately at the, what, the, yeah. one, the dodgy um Dodgy oyster. oyster. Yeah, so maybe it's still a bit of a hangover of that, but... Um, yeah, a little bit giddy and a little bit, um, yeah, just feeling a little bit, um, little bit under. But anyway, you'll be right. On we go. We're, we're talking about right. the bad movies of the nineties. Uh, we're talking about that, and when we get into the footy tips, um, and then we've got a lot of, uh, we've got a, a very, a, unfortunately, a very packed deathalizer uh, this week with some uh, some people from the sporting world and the entertainment world that have that have passed, and the and the political world as well have passed in the last seven days. Uh, we've got a bit of television to talk about, uh, plenty of football to talk about, and also the West Coast Eagles. So, oh, and, and oh, some cricket too, and some cricket to talk about as well, because the next Ashes test in the men's will start on Wednesday, and the women's will finish at some stage, probably while we're doing this podcast, mm. depending on how long you two crap on. Okay. <laughs> Uh, we could be, we could be, uh, have knocked the English women over, or we could have lost to the English women. It's evenly poised as we speak. So, well, what's been, what's apart from getting food, dodgy food poisoning from a, or dodgy, food poisoning from a dodgy oyster, uh, and a, and a gig that you had to do under sufferance uh, because you were crook? Uh, what's the hmm. highlight of your week been, Mano? Well, locking my keys out of my house. That's the and, highlight, and yes. having to get a locksmith in. And he had to chop my door handle in half because he couldn't pick it. And that was a $408 mistake. So, yeah, that was, Can I that ask was the a, low light. Uh, hang on, hang on. <laughs> if you locked your keys out of your house, does that mean you were stuck inside and you didn't know how to get out? <laughs> no, 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 no. I was stuck outside and couldn't get in, so I had nowhere to sleep and then it was, uh, it was a disaster. But, you know, it's all fixed now, so we're back to good. Well, you know the security at the penthouse is pretty good then. Oh, it is. It's so good I can't even get in. There but, you go. Um, there you go. There you go. Um, it's like why would yeah. I want to be the member of a club where they'd let me be the member of a club? Or was a bit of that going on? Well, the only reason I've got house home insurance is because if the joint upstairs bar suddenly leaks and breaks through my roof or something, it might damage stuff here. So I've got that protected. But I can't see how anybody can burgle the joint. It's been possible. 
Yeah, well, you'd have to be a cat burglar for a start, wouldn't you? And, and you well, to- even if you even if you come in on the balcony, what are you going to do? Grab my seventy-inch TV and carry that off with you? <laughs> you know, <laughs> bad Yeah, that is a bit. Uh, that is a bit surreal, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's probably not. going I suppose happen. you could take the lift, but you know, you still got to look pretty sus. No, and he'll but be mo- he'll be caught. All right. Well, describe. I just just want you to tell me what constitutes looking sus in your lift uh, in your building. Well, no tattoos. <laughs> no tattoos. <laughs> um, Shoes. Somebody. No, I think if you're carrying a big TV down, that might look a little bit peculiar. Right. Fair enough. And and we'd have him on film anyway. So ah. there we go. The old CCTVs in Vancouver. Uh, security like there's no tomorrow. Right. How did you when, – when you got the locksmith to your front door, how could you prove it was your joint? Uh, because the because building the manager – one foot four off the ground? The building manager <laughs> – the building manager came and let us up and he knew where I lived and so he sort of vouched for me. Well, we should point out that the building manager's master key didn't open your door. No, he had about seven of them and none of them worked. <laughs> yes, which is... The locksmith couldn't pick the lock. Uh, crikey. Well, what was oh, he doing? Well, Hang on. No, no, I just want to go back and uh, and I don't want to, you know, put uh, cast dispersions on, on the fine company that he works for, but what were the five years that your locksmith spent in Bogger Road in Queensland, what good? What was he learning there? Well, handcuffs, I guess. Oh, well, you know, not every door's got handcuffs. Well, I might get Jeez. some. might be easier. But anyway, <laughs> so it's all done now, so That's hooray. It's, it's a pity it didn't happen in Melbourne. Why is that? We'll just go to the Balaclava Hotel and <laughs> ask somebody to break into your joint. I guarantee you, I make I make no bones about it. Your joint will be entered. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, and, and sometimes you won't even know that it's been entered. It's, they're very good there at the Balaclava Hotel. They can do all sorts of things. Uh, what's the highlight of your week? Finally, there at uh, fabulous uh, Lenny's Fine Foods in beautiful Caulfield. All going very well. Very um, tickety boo there. Didn't I? Didn't watch the footy on Friday night. I knew what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Not interested. Yep. We'll get to the footy shortly. Um, have you ever had hot pot? I've told you about hot pot before, haven't I? Hot pot. You know, it's a f- fancy. You go to a Chinese. It's Chinese type food. Oh yep, yep, yep. No, I and haven't. Yet, I haven't had it. No. You dunk all the meat and seafood into hot broth, and then you. Yeah, it's good, good fun. So, yeah, we got involved with that. Um, what else has happened? Oh, I got a great tattoo this week. Where? Mm-hmm. Uh, not where did you get it done? Where, on your yeah. body, where? And, uh, and upper, what is- upper arm. Yep. Sort of running out of space on my left arm, but um, it's it's a traditional big panther. It's a beauty. Like a black panther. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pardon? A black panther. No, no, like a pink panther. <laughs> what do you think I am? I'll show it to you, Anna. Well. It's not, good for, it's not good for a podcast, but then again, you could maybe describe it to the listeners. We can. Here we Oh, have a look at that. That's a big – it looks like a big panda. <laughs> it's a big <laughs> panther. Oh, it's very, very impressive. I can't see it. Hang on. We'll, we'll just... There we go. Now, hang on. Just waiting for it to focus. 
Stupid. Got that stupid depth of field thing going. It's a big panther. Goes right onto my heel, but like it. It's good. Very nice. Very nice indeed. Mm. Got, yeah, more, right. got more coming on Wednesday and Saturday. So how long, on the, Sunday, how, long, how long did it take to do that? That was about three and a half hours of fairly consistent pain. Well, you're a St Kilda supporter. Yeah, that's right. But yeah, was, but he, when you get it down on the elbow and up near the armpit, it hurts. Jeez, mm. I reckon you should get you should get a, an outfit to go with those tattoos, like a Collingwood football jumper. <laughs> <laughs> I hate the way it's only focused my camera. I don't know. Yeah, no, it goes. You're doing. She's yeah. Brian thinks he's on drugs. He he looks in your looks at the lens on your camera and he thinks he's on drugs. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. All right, now let's talk about a couple of things that have been. Now, did either of you? And I'll admit straight up, I didn't, and I, I haven't, and I'm not sure that I will um, watch the Warney TV uh, thing that started that was on Sunday night and will finish on Monday night uh, of the week. No. Just gone. No, not interested. Finding no. NFI. Yep. I saw. I saw about. I've seen about three quarters of the first episode. And I, I see it's got terrible reviews. Everybody's scathing about it. Yep. But I watched it. I thought, oh, yeah, this is all right. I thought it, it didn't – I thought it was pretty good, actually. Um, you know, the guy looked pretty close to Warney for me and um, they sort of intercut it with real footage of, you know, Warney doing the gadding ball and stuff like that. Um yeah, I don't, I don't know. What, why was people complaining about it? Why is it the worst TV made and all this sort of rubbish? I think the consensus is, the first part of the consensus of most people is that it's it's too early. It's too soon after he's passing. It was only it was a year ago on in March, March 4, he, he passed away in 2022. Um, so it's only, it's only been a bit over a year. And because he was such a larger-than-life figure in this city, in, in the city of Melbourne in particular, I think people think it's too soon. Um, that's that's right. been, that's been the major criticism. Um, I don't know when's the right time. It's um, and the other thing is that um, because of all those things, I think uh, the the criticism's been that it was hastily put together, um, that it has tended to um, uh, focus on the on the salacious rather than you know. And to be honest, you don't want to watch him take seven hundred. Test wickets, that's not exactly going to be a riveting documentary, but you also don't just want to see him shagging Liz Hurley and all that sort of stuff either. There's there's a, a balance there somewhere which was the life of the man and uh, the consensus is that this doesn't depict it in the way that it that it uh, it should be. Now, whether that's fixed up in the second mm. part or not, I don't know, but um, it was interesting for me as much as anything else. They put it on at 7 o'clock at night and they'd – Promoted heavily the fact that it was you know him shagging Liz early and all that sort of stuff was was part of it and yet they put it on at seven o'clock like it was a Disney movie. Yeah, well, the shagging sort of been implied more than. Oh, I'm not suggesting seen. that it's that it's you know gratuitous or any of that. It probably isn't, um, but it just you know what I mean. It, there was just that kind of yeah, feel about it. To be honest, I yeah, I uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I don't really have a great design to want to watch it. To be honest. Okay. So speaking of too soon, did mm-hmm. I shelve my ideas for Titan the musical, the 
Oh, the, oh, oh, the all singing, all dancing uh, story of the submarine. That, uh, what was the that about? The submarine that never made it. That um, that's quite bizarre. That whole story, isn't it? And, and some of the the backstory. I got, I got Brian down as playing the billionaire's son. Oh, jeez, the one who didn't want to be on the submarine because he thought it was a, a bad idea and was shit frightened about being on it. Well, he was proved one hundred percent right. And yeah, in the musical, it's Daddy, please don't go. Oh, don't. Daddy, please don't go. Daddy, please don't go. Down on submarines, you know, Daddy, sure. Baby, please don't go now. Oh, Jesus. It's an yeah. easy swap, New Orleans for submarines. Yeah, you probably it probably is a bit too soon, funny, but no, go with it. <laughs> uh, but, oh, there was, let's see what Marina Pry is doing. She could be up there, up deck, doing something. Yeah, look, I'll, I've just got to. I've got a thing, right? If I was a billionaire, yep. in fact, I'm going to go on record. If I ever become a billionaire, if things really kick off at the deli, right. <laughs> I'm not going to the bottom of the ocean mm. or to the moon. Right, I, okay. I'm, I'm really going to, I'm going to try and prolong my life and spend, <laughs> I'm going to cut out risks. In fact, if I'm a billionaire and I want to see the Titanic, surely I can pay somebody to go for <laughs> To bring it up. Yes, I'm with you. I'm with you. you know, I'll have one of, my, one of my employees, mate, you're going, you're going down. You're going down on the submarine. Yeah, take a few shots, bring them back, show me. We'll have a yeah. side. Why, why would you even want to go? It's a down on a submarine. No, I don't just... go down on anything, let alone a submarine. <laughs> Well, there's a lot I've of lesson. But why would you want to look at the Titanic? I asked my missus exactly the same question. I said, "Why? what are they doing it for? And uh, Sarah said to me, well, you know, it's all pristine apparently and it's, you know, it hasn't. Uh, and I said, well, so big deal. So you're not seeing anything that you can't see in a bloody yeah. photo somewhere. What's the point? Yeah, I just don't to, get to, it. To say you've done it because it's because it's quarter of a million dollars a seat which means Kevin, Brian and Finey can't afford to go. So yep. next time you're at a dinner party no. with one of the billionaires. No, they've got a special on at the moment. You can go for eight bucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, the, the, but you're right. But, I mean, but then if you've got that money, then you've got to ask yourself, it, it, can't, be, it can't be like, you know, white as a dog because he can. You can't say, you're, because I can, I'll go on a submarine and I'll go down and look at the Titanic and put my life in danger to the ultimate degree, as it turned out, because you can. And, and the yeah. guy that oh, – It's true. Don't get me wrong. These were loved people. There was yeah. an expl- – you know, the whole thing is is tragic. But there are so many people after the fact saying, well, there's a famous explorer who said to his mate who'd been down on – down there in the Titan, he begged him not to go. He said, this is – not a well-conceived, it's not a well-conceived concept. You know, it has not been seen through and and y- yeah. you just cannot, you cannot go and build your own submarine to go to those depths. And the guy that built it sitting there saying, well, rules are for breaking, you know, and he had titanium and what's the stuff you make your golf clubs out of? Graphite. Um, something like that, um, but and it, and all these other sub companies are saying, no, you can't do this. This is not going to work. 
and um, I heard somebody else just said there was plenty of warnings and they were even trying to get it stopped. And this guy made an interesting comparison. He said, well, it's ended up pretty much like the Titanic because the captain of the Titanic was warned many times that there was icebergs up ahead and he just went full bore, went fast. And so he was warned and it ended in tragedy. And these people, well, the, they were warned and it ended in tragedy, with not 50 metres away from the other tragedy. Yep. Yep. Mm. Yep. I'm with you, Finey. If I become a uh, a billionaire, I won't be going to find the Titanic and I won't be trying to um, land on Mars. I'll be putting billboards up everywhere saying, Yoko's pussy coming soon. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I would, I, don't, I refuse to go on a helicopter. I think they're risky. Yeah, I would go on. I don't go on anything. I don't go on any aircraft you need to duck your head to get on. Yeah, that's a fair, uh, that's <clears> fair call. Just, you know, careful, duck, otherwise you get your head, you get decapitated. No, no, thanks. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? Um, Pass. Yeah, uh, well, that's one of the uh, the one of the great. It'd be a massive story. It was a massive story, but uh, yeah, I do scratch my head about that one. Yeah. Um, now the other the other uh, we sort of got off track with the Titanic, but uh, uh, it's a bit of a. I think it, it's going to be equally as big a disaster. Have you seen the promos for the Ian Botham, Ian Chapel special? No. The longest feud ever. You've got to catch up with this. I think it's going to air this week um, as we speak. Um, they get them to sit down and talk. And all the, pro- good. All the promos and everything they've done is is basically um, they ask both of them three words to describe Ian Chapel, and both of them answers by saying sad and lonely. Um, Chapelli talks about the fact that uh, he's, a, he's a bully, he's a liar and he's a cheat and they're the good things I'll say about him. So it, it might, it might well, actually, and they've got them in the same room. I believe, I believe they've actually got them to sit down on chairs opposite each other. Um, it looks a little bit yeah. like the two Ronnies. The, the one clip I saw where they were actually sitting side, uh, looking at each other. Both that of would them would be great. Both of them looks like that. both of them looks like he's a hundred and he looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger, and and uh, Chappelle looks like Ronnie Corbett. It's it's quite uh, quite spooky, but I I'm I'm actually looking forward to watching it because. Those two have been sniping at each other since they had the fight they in the, in the pub. Oh yeah, um, no, no love loss. So that might actually be uh, be worth having a look at that one. I reckon. Mm-hmm. Got the chance? I reckon I might have a look. When's at that. that on? Well, I think it's on Tuesday night. Um, on and I'm not sure what it's on because uh, they were advertising another special the other day on Wally Lewis, which I couldn't find anywhere until I went to Nine Now and found it because it only screened in Queensland. You had a Where's Wally moment. Yeah, I did. I did. Um, but I found it eventually. Uh, so there's, that's one to look forward to if you're a uh, cricket uh, fan of, of uh, you know, the old days, um, both of them in chapel. I was, I was very fortunate. I had an hour interview with Wally Lewis. Oh, Wally's a really good fellow. That was one of the best interviews, not that I've done, that I've been, you know, had the privilege to – Conduct and because um, we got him after he was admitted to the Australian Sporting Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember you used to. And be Rowan those. and I had almost an hour with him. Yeah, no, he's he's he uh, it, it, it doesn't come. He comes from very good stock in terms of you know just uh, meat and three veg 
parents yeah. and stuff and a little suburb called Cannon Hill out of Brisbane. Um, yeah. And he, he he was a gifted young player. They knew, you know, when he was young that he was going to be very good. But he uh, he certainly went to a level that no others, no other that I've seen has ever done. And that includes... Well, I'm trying that, to remember, but one of his children has... His daughter. Yeah. She's profoundly deaf. Yeah, correct. That's right. And, and you know, the whole... And and how he just learnt to a, a whole new level of of admiration and you know oh, what the way, the way he handled his epilepsy and uh, and literally having yep. having a, a seizure on on air doing the sports yep. news and getting yep. around that and coming to terms with that and then having basically having half his brain taken out yeah uh, a yeah, portion yeah. of his brain taken out to be able to um, not have the seizures and and. He'd become yep. a bit of a uh, poster boy for that. So no, he's um, he's a fine uh, uh, man of the uh, of the rugby league world. One of the one of the uh, certainly the best player I've ever seen play. Yeah, very good. Yeah, no, excellent. Uh, now let's get to the footy. What do we do with the West Coast Eagles, Finey? Not play them next week. You just don't <laughs> want to be the side to go to Perth to play them because it's uh, got f- up written all over it. I yeah. wish we. Were- God, I wish this didn't happen. You, St Kilda's I mean, got on this week, haven't you? You're going to get a response. You're going to get a big turnout. They've asked all their fans to get behind them. You're going to get four umpires helping them. It's going to be a difficult, a more difficult mission than you'd imagine. Yeah, I agree. But then again, you know what I, I hope? I hope they improve by 100 points. And yeah, then they'll only get beaten by, what, 70? 12 goals, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, it, it, I don't know if they've got enough improvement in them to win, but it could be tricky. Yeah. I mean, we beat Sydney in Sydney two weeks ago. Sydney were fifteenth on the ladder. They, it's not. It's it, Sydney's not a high-scoring team this year. I mean, they could have gone into long and lost by forty-five goals. They very easily could have. They are as they're at the lowest possible ebb of any team I can remember. They're 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 certainly. In a lower ebb than I remember Fitzroy being at, and I'm trying not to look at that through rose-coloured glasses. Yeah, I, I, Fitzroy were calamitous at the end. They were a complete and utter disaster, Fitzroy. Yeah. I mean, they lost their last ever game by 150 points or something at yeah. Richmond. Yeah, I, I know they were bad, but um, and I know we always think that whatever's happening now is far yeah. worse or far bigger or far better than anything that's gone before. I mean, the it. big problem with Fitzroy was that they were playing their last season, so it, it was... Not only a disaster, but it had no upside. And they and technically, this is the worst team ever because this is in the era of the draft. Yeah, you know. So you know, you can say St Kilda were terrible in the eighties, but there was no way out of it other than prayer. Well, it's less than ten years since the the Eagles played in the grand final and won. Five years ago, they won the flag, didn't they? Yeah, twenty eighteen. Yeah. So, so f- them. They can go rotten hell for all that. <laughs> I was not a fan of the '90s Eagles, I have to admit. But uh, uh, in terms of you know when you played against them, because they were they were as as hard a team as you could possibly, and they and they played they were they were dirty buggers at times when they played against. Oh yeah, they were a great team. Yeah, they were a great team, but by Jesus, they they had some tactics that left. And, and when they were design. bad, and when they were bad, they bounced back. You know, I I think this is the the ripples of the. Catastrophe of the drug era, you know. Even though they won a flag post that, I, I just don't think you walk away from 
being cousins, from main wearing, from all those things, you know, yep. you just don't w- walk away from that unscarred. Oh, I reckon uh, Carlton had their their um, sort of aftermath of the the salary cap. Essendon have certainly had the aftermath of the of the yep. drug scandal with them, and uh, the Eagles of having the aftermath of of their. Yeah, yeah, but they did win a flag during it. Yeah, was, yeah, they did. That's true. Which was something. Are you enjoying watching the Eagles play, Brian? Uh, playing so poorly, given you know. I, I watched a bit of um, that game, and it was just so ridiculous. You know, by halfway through the first quarter, I said, "No, forget this. I'm going to watch something else." And I watched the um, Brisbane St Kilda game. My God, what a boring game of football that was. Do St Kilda always play that boring and they just have a particularly boring week, Finey? I did not watch one second of it. Oh, God, it was just tedious, the whole thing. I saw what I saw of Collingwood and Adelaide. That looked like a good game. Um, I don't know what the hell happened to Essendon. I watched the first quarter think, we got this under control and then next thing I know, we lose. So... But yeah, the St Kilda game, God, that was just terrible to watch. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I didn't watch it. I didn't watch. I watched a bit of Geelong and Melbourne. Uh, I stayed clear of. I uh, watched a little bit of Friday night and then turned it off because of exactly the reason you just pointed out, Brian. Uh, I didn't watch any of Sydney and West Coast because by the time I looked to see if it had started or not, it had started and it was already over. <laughs> so, yeah, so I didn't worry that. I watched about ten minutes of Freo and the Eagles. Um, uh, early and then then I watched I think uh, watched the storm um, on Saturday night uh, and watched a, 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 a quarter and a bit of Collingwood and uh, and Adelaide and enjoyed enjoyed the last quarter of that and didn't watch any of the Gold Coast and Hawthorne it, it wasn't exactly a, a premier I know my team wasn't playing but it wasn't exactly a premier weekend of uh, great matchups in the AFL let's be honest who won the Collingwood Adelaide the game who won Collingwood Adelaide so, Collingwood. Oh, Collingwood, Adelaide, Collingwood. Oh, I heard there was one point difference with a minute to go. That was the last I heard. Yeah, they won by two points. Damn. And which brings us to the tips. Well. And uh, and let's have a look at the traditional tips, of course, the one-point version. Uh, for each winner, you get to one point. So uh, as we go through it, Brian, you got two, <sighs> which takes you to a total of 72. Kev, you got five. Uh, out of six, which takes you to 79. Finally, you got a ball. Bang, 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 bang. All six uh, to yep. take you to a total of 90 in the traditional tips. I reckon I'd be doing all right. You are doing all right with 90. In, yeah. mo- in most footy tipping competitions, you'd be in the top, uh, you know, you'd be in the top 10. Oh, yeah. In some, you'd be third, some, you'd be ninth, some, you know, you'd be uh, around there. Now, let's get to the, uh, the uh, bubble and squeak version. This is uh, the. Uh, Lenny's Fine Food, Finey's uh, special tipping competition where it is graded according to the uh, our resident in-house bookie, Mark Fine, as to the odds. Uh, Geelong and Melbourne are a five split. Uh, St Kilda and Brisbane are 7-3. West Coast and Sydney, of course, are 9-1. Essendon and Frio was a, a 6-4. 8-2 for Adelaide and Collingwood. And uh, Gold Coast was a 4-6 and six with Hawthorne. So there was a, a bit there. Uh, if all the roughies got up, you could get forty-one points. Finally, you uh, your choices meant that you had a maximum of twenty-one points you could get, and you got fifteen. Yep. So that takes you to a score of sixty-four on uh, on this ladder. 
Mr. Hillier, uh, you had a, a possible score also of 21, and uh, and you got 15 as well. Uh, yeah, 15. Uh, missed on the Essendon Frio one, so that takes uh, you to a total of 52. Now, Mr. Mannix. Yes. Go straight to the principal's office, will you? Really? Hmm. Um, you got none again. again. None again? <laughs> Brilliant. How could he get zero, two wins in a row? He's a f***ing genius. <laughs> he, loved, he loved this competition two weeks ago. He thought it was like picking. He said, well, you just go the roughies. You're going to be getting it so easy. <laughs> you had a possible 41 score, Brian, this week. Yeah. And there's a big duck egg sitting right on top of that 41. He hasn't scored a point in a fortnight. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> he hasn't scored a point, even though West Coast are playing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Oh, Brian, Brian, you are the most lovable. Oh, God, I'm lucky to do a podcast with you. Uh, you got nine out of nine earlier in the season when nobody on the planet could have got nine out uh, of nine. And you're getting zeros where it's physically impossible not to get something. Oh, you're the best. <laughs> he picked the Saturday. Uh, he picked the Saturday card on the day when every ruffie got up, and since yeah. then every ruffie has not got up that you've picked, Brian. I'm sorry to say. Oh God. So the, oh, la- the, the, the latter uh, at the he's moment. Spectacular. He doesn't. He's <laughs> so good. You know, it's boring if you're just getting fifteens like me and you or yeah. whatever. It's shit or sugar with this bloke. Yep. And he doesn't. <laughs> I've never seen anybody do it better. There's the uh, there's, uh. there's Baz Ball and then there's Brian Ball. And Brian Ball yeah. is spectacularly sitting at the bottom of this ladder on 48. Uh, mm. I've climbed up to 52 and finally he's on 64. Uh. It's, it's just impossible two weeks ago that he's now last. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Well, in the words of Ed Wood, well, my next week will be better. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. The indomitable spirit of Brian Maddox. Oh. <laughs> All right, let's All right. get to the tips. We've got nine games this week. It's back to a full round. Everyone's played uh, 14 games, I think it is now. So we're uh, starting. we now see the shape of the ladder start to actually um, be shaped the way it should. Parts of it will not change. Um, bits in the middle, I reckon, might, but most of it won't. Uh, let's get to Thursday night's game. That's the first one at the Gabba, and Brisbane will take on Richmond. <laughs> Interesting game to start us off. I'm going to go for Brisbane at the Gabba. I think they're just a little bit better than our friends from Richmond. So Brisbane for me, finding. Brisbane. Mr. Mannix, this is the one-pointer. Brisbane. Right. Let me dangle the carrots. If Brisbane win, you get four points. If Richmond win, you get six. Brian, will you take the six of Richmond or will you go to actually get a score on the board for the third week? Could you possibly get three zeros in a Put row? Put me down for six, Kev, Richmond. He's gone the Richmond. I'm going the uh, the Brisbane for the four. I know exactly what Brian's doing. He's trying to get zeros. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I was tempted to put Richmond for um, uh, the one pointer. Yeah, I was tempted, okay. but I thought uh, I'll get him on the six points. That'll be all right. Okay, Finey. I'll go for Brisbane. Brisbane for the four. 
Um, you can see the way I've handicapped it that I've got a, a great deal of respect for Richmond here. I mean, it's almost an even even split. So I'm showing them due respect. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Uh, Damien Hardwick's already come out and said he's missing coaching and he, he'll be back in East. Uh, would he go to Perth? Oh, no, he wouldn't go there. Wouldn't have thought so. Would he go to the Gold Coast? Maybe the Gold Coast, maybe Carlton. Carlton, yeah, that's the obvious one I would have thought. All right, yeah. let's go to uh, Friday night's game is at the SCG. Uh, Sydney take on Geelong. Whoa, Geelong are not in the eight. Uh, and they're not not playing particularly well. They played all right last week, though. Uh, I will I will stick with the Cats to beat for the one-pointer. I can find that piece of paper. Uh, yep, so Cats, Finey. I'm going to go for the Swans. Sydney. And uh, Mr Mannix, this is the one-pointer. Is, is Dangerfield playing? Uh, I don't know, to be honest. I He was close last week, so he'd have to be close to playing. Mm. Um, Cameron won't be playing because. Um, okay, that's it. Sydney. Rowan Pole axed him. Uh, right. Yep. Now it's a split game, this one. So you're sticking with your tip. It's five points. So whichever team wins, you get five points. So you're sticking with your uh, your tip tip? Yep. Finally, you'll be sticking with your tip tip, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. So we're going Sydney, Sydney, and Geelong. Right. Next game is uh, Saturday afternoon at one forty-five. What a pain in the ass time to have the game. Uh, very inconvenient for me. I'm not happy with this. Uh, Marvel Stadium, one forty-five. Western Bulldogs take on Fremantle. Uh, obviously, we're going for the Western Bulldogs. Finey? Um, I'll go for the doggies. Mm-hmm. One point of Brian. Three out. Right. So obviously, in the uh, the dangling the carrot, Frio will get you seven. The doggies will get you three. I'm taking that three. Finey, you know what I've just realised? Mm, what? It's so funny <laughs> that except for the ones that I've got wrong, the only the, <laughs> the only tips Brian has agreed with me in the last two weeks are the ones I've got wrong. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, I've really got to let Brian go first every time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now you're taking it's almost, the... It's almost cheating. The three for the doggies or the seven for the dockers, uh, Finey? I'll go for the doggies. You know, it's like sitting, you know, you, know, you used to cheat in tests at school. Yes. Mm. You wanted to sit next to, if it was multiple choice, you wanted to sit next to the smartest kid in the class or the dumbest kid. Because at least if you sat next to the dumbest kid, if it was a choice out of three, four, you could make it a choice out of three. Yeah, you just d- d- delete the one that yeah. he picked and go on for the other one. Yeah. Right, O'Brien, uh, not suggesting you're the dumbest kid in the class, but we're hit, going to you now. Uh, it's Frio. Frio, you want the seven? Yeah, I want the seven. Okay. Uh, Saturday afternoon. <laughs> I, denoted, I, denoted, I denoted a, a sort of a... a Angry tone there by Brian. Well, I think no, well, it's, well, it's I think, like, you, I think I've picked, insulted him so much. I, I picked Frio for one, so as if I'm going to have 
No, I'll have dogs for three when I pick three hang over on, one. Hang on a minute. You're suggesting that there's some sort of consistency with the way you go about your tipping in both these competitions, Mannix. Well, I've, I've, I think Frio can can win, and I think that if I'm going to think they can win just with the one point, of course I'm going to have them for seven. All right, let's right. carry on. Okay. Adelaide play, Adelaide play North Melbourne, Adelaide Oval, Saturday afternoon. This is a win for the Crows, I would have thought. Funny. Crows. Brian. Crows. Now, on offer here is just two points if you pick Adelaide, but eight points if you pick North Melbourne. I'll take the two for Adelaide. Funny. Two for Adelaide, but a, a big throbbing eight points on offer here, Brian. Eight. Whoa, that's a lot, isn't it? I'll have two points for Adelaide, please. Oh. No, not this week, fellas. You've got to get on the board. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we, 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 we shamed him into picking Adelaide. We've reverse psychology him, and if North Melbourne get up, Brian, you will be the filthiest bloke in Australia. If North get up, I'm, gonna, I'm throwing a party. <laughs> <laughs> Saturday afternoon, 4.35 at Heritage Bank Stadium. Is that the Gold Coast, what the Gold Coast is called now? I'm yeah, assuming they've it is. just renamed it, yeah. Oh, so it's not Metricon anymore because they went under. Yeah, okay. Heritage Bank Stadium, Gold Coast will play host to Collingwood. Collingwood are just getting home in these tight games, but I think they're a very good side. I'm tipping them again in the one-pointer. Uh, Finey? Yeah, I'll go for Collingwood in the one-pointer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Mannix in the one-pointer. Collingwood for the one-point. All right. Let's have a look at uh, what juicy odds uh, the bookie here is thrown up for the uh, the big one. Seven for the Gold Coast and three for Collingwood. Brian? Go to Sons. Seven for Brian. Finey? I think they're worth it. This is where this is where it becomes a more interesting competition. I think at seven points, I'll, I'll have a nibble. All right. Seven points, you'll have a nibble. I'm sticking with Collingwood for the three. Yeah, uh, Essendon, wanker. Uh, Absolute you. wanker. Thank you. Essendon played Port Adelaide. <laughs> I'm now I'm trying to work you. Have you taken a roughie at all, Kev, in this competition? Yes, I have, Brian, if if you must know. Thank you. Not many, not many. Not many. No, not very good. That wasn't the question. The question wasn't how many. The question was, have you taken a roughie in the co- – and I answered the question. One. Yeah, he went, he went for – a six-pointer last week at lost, yeah. and he's going to put he's going to put his driver away and take out the three iron again. Right, I'm just I'm just sitting <laughs> up with a five iron. Essendon are playing Port Adelaide. Um, I've tipped Essendon finally, and they lost. No wonder I freaking hate them. That's why I'm going for Port Adelaide. <laughs> Finey, do you remember last week you questioned my point breakdown on Frio Essendon because of their ladder positions? I did actually. Yes, that's true. But I got it right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be going for Port Adelaide here. Port Adelaide, even though it's at the MCG? Yep. Okay. Brian? Essendon. You want the filth? Okay. You want the filth? Okay. Right. Now, on offer here is seven points for Essendon and three for Port Adelaide. I'm taking the three. Essendon can get stuffed. Finey? I'll take the three points. Okay. And Mr. Mannix, would you take the seven for the Dons or should I? I didn't even need to ask that question, did I? Go the filth. The filth get these money. Hawthorne play Carlton at the MCG Sunday afternoon at ten past one. 
oh, this is like, sure. I don't like either of these two teams the way they play. They're inconsistent. They're untrustworthy. I don't like either of them, but I probably think that Hawthorne might win this. I'm going the Hawks. Finey? Carlton. Brian? Carlton. Oh, that must have hurt. You hate Carlton. Well, it means that Finey's going to get this one wrong. Okay. So (laughs) it is eight points for Hawthorne and two points for Carlton. So I'm having a bit of that eight. Finey? Put me down for two. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and uh, Brian, what are you I've doing? Cut, I've, hey, I'll have just I'll on have, that, yeah. just on that, I've cut back. I'm down to five times a week, right? You know, okay. you know what? I've, you know what? I've realized. Oh, here we go. <laughs> in my life, look, I've done, I've done a lot. I've, I've I'm a small business owner. I, a, a, a sort of a quasi chef. Mm. I've worked on radio. I've interviewed some of the great sporting stars on the planet. Mm. I've um, I've been an entrepreneur. I had a food home delivery business well before Uber. I, I've played cricket in a number of different countries. You've I've, invented things. Yeah, casino game. Yeah, I've had it. But the only thing I've consistently done through my life from the age of 13 to 58, mm. I've been to gym, I've tried, you know, I've I've got tattoos, but the only thing I've done every week since I was 13 is masturbate. I'll have the eight points, thanks, Kev. <laughs> <laughs> It's the only thing I've really stuck at. I've tried reading. I've got into Netflix. But the only thing I've really stuck at in my life is wanking. Melbourne played GWS (laughs) at the MCG. I don't don't reckon I'm in Ireland. (laughs) Melbourne play GWS at the MCG 320 on Sunday afternoon. I'm going for Melbourne to win this one. I think they'll win it comfortably. Finey? You know, I broke my arm when I was 14. didn't stop me. (laughs) (laughs) Fell off a horse. It was my left arm. It was my working arm, as they say. Mm. Never Mm. stopped me. No. I found the way to wiggle my fingers through that plaster. Anyhow, I'll go for Melbourne. Melbourne. Brian? You know know what they say, Fine. If at first you don't try, come, come again. Um. What was the question? Melbourne Kevin? or GWS? Melbourne. Melbourne. Okay, on offer here. Melbourne only gets millions you- and millions of sperm <laughs> wasted. Melbourne gets you two points. GWS gets you eight. Um, I'm sticking with. I'll just take the two points for the uh, for the Melbourne team to win this one. Don't want to be silly here. Finey. I did the math a couple of years ago. Enough to fill <laughs> a decent sized jacuzzi. <laughs> Not that you'd want to jump in it, but... Uh, you know what his number one uh, worst movie of the 90s? Port Noise Complaint. Uh, are, you, <laughs> are you going the two or the eight here, Fine. For who? Melbourne, two. GWS, eight. Oh, Melbourne, two. Two for that one. Okay, what are you going, Brian? Are you going the big, you know, hang out the big eight and pick GWS or stick with the two? 
and take Melbourne. No, I'll take Melbourne for two. Melbourne for two. He's lost his he's lost his mojo. Uh, West Coast will play St Kilda at Optus Stadium at four forty on Sunday afternoon. Is this the game finally where West Coast will break the shackles and record their first win in God knows how long? Uh, since they beat GWS earlier in the season. No, they won't. I don't think so. St Kilda will win it. And I'm not convinced St Kilda are a great team by any stretch of the imagination. No, I don't think they'll make the finals after what I saw on the weekend. Uh, I'll be surprised, but I've been surprised before. Finally, St Kilda to win for a point. Oh, to quote the robot, <laughs> danger, danger, <laughs> danger. It is, isn't it? More of that later in the program, by the yep. way. But uh, I'll go for St Kilda. St Kilda. Brian? Ah, Saints, they'll flood the back line so much that, you know, it'll be boring as hell, but West Coast is useless. Um, I barely can think of Port Melbourne and beat them. Yep, I think they would too. Um, Now, it's eight points for the West Coast. That's a surprisingly low number, and two for St Kilda. So I'll be taking the two for St Kilda because I just can't see West Coast winning. If I I thought they had half a chance, I would take them, but I don't think they have half a chance. Finey? I'll take the eight for West Coast. You're taking the eight. Yep. Brian, two for St Kilda. Did he take eight for West Coast? Yes, he did. He wow. did. Wow. He did. What does he know that we don't know? That St Kilda are not very good. <laughs> nah, Saints, Saints for two. Saints for two. right on. So, Brian, uh, 11, 18, 20, 34, 44, 46 is the maximum you can get this week, Brian. You, oh, you can get none 40. out of 46. How about that? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. 14, 21, and for 26, 28, 36 is the maximum finer you can get. Uh, 4, 5, 9, 12, 14, 17, 20. <laughs> 32 is the maximum I can get. So that's the footy tips for another week. All right. I don't think you'll get zero this week, Brian. No, I won't. I don't think so. I've got a couple of safeties in there. You'll fight back, Brian, like the the warrior, like the rock and roll warrior that you are, Brian. You'll fight back. Like Warwick Kappa. I'll bounce back from this. Probably bounce back tomorrow. I said rock and roll warrior, not complete dickhead. Oh, okay. Same thing, really. <laughs> Aren't you and Warwick actually the same person? Um, he's like a big version of me. Yeah. But, but yeah, the blood doesn't get to his brain as well as mine <laughs> because he's it's got further to travel. Yeah. I'll see your jacuzzi and up it to a, a full-length swimming pool in Warwick's case, uh, Finey. <laughs> if you get my drift. Yeah. Hey, Brian, time to open up the you-know-what. Ladies and gentlemen, right now it's time for the Deathalyzer. Right. Now, we've already done a little version of it when we mentioned the submarine earlier. So, sadly, they're all in there. Uh, Frederick Forrest, bloody good actor. Passed away at the age of 86. He played uh, Chef in Apocalypse Now. He was in The Rose with uh, Bette Midler. He was in 21 Jump Street in the early part of that television series. One of those blokes you see his face and you go, I've seen him in 100 films. Really good actor. Passed away at the age of 86. Um, Simon Crean, 
uh, the former leader of the Labor Party and uh, president of the ACTU, uh, passed away yesterday morning in Berlin. He's on a was on a uh, I think a trade uh, mission over there. Yeah, just seventy four. Very well known uh, North Melbourne man for many many years, um, and of course son of uh, Frank Crean. So he was a generational politician. Uh, he passed away at the age of uh, seventy four. And there was no similarities between Billy Snedden's death and his? No, none. Correct. Okay. That was a big shock. It was. Um, absolutely it was. A, a very fit man. He was, he'd was. he been out for his, I think, his morning walk or whatever and came back in and uh, apparently had a heart attack, and that was the end of that. Well, that could happen to anybody. That could happen to one of us. Yes, it could. I thought I was having a heart attack today. How can you tell? You get chest pains? Yeah, a little bit. Shortness of breath? Sure. Yeah, lots of that. Yep. And you don't do the podcast at night because you're dead. <laughs> no. Well, at least I'll be on the death Eliza. <laughs> well, not if you don't tell me. Well, you know, we'll, can you, I'll can be you, ne- Can you ring me? I'll, I'll be in next week's episode. <laughs> can you send me a text? <laughs> you're supposed to, aren't you supposed to get a pain down your arm or something? Well, you can get, you can get tingles and lose, uh, sort of get pins and needles in your, in your it's usually your left arm. I've not had a no. I've not had a heart attack as such. Actually, no. no. I had an angiogram on Friday though. Um, uh, but no, my my mate Theo just went to hospital. He'd been feeling crook, and then they had to freaking put three stents in his heart. Yeah. So I was sort of sort of becoming aware that you might have a heart problem and you don't even know it. Yeah, correct. So you go and have a a, a treadmill check. They give you one of those um, cardiovascular checks on a treadmill. Uh, then mm. if, if that isn't substantial, they then give you a CT scan. And if they're not uh, 100% satisfied, they've seen everything they need to see, they then give you an angiogram. And that's when they mm. often will go, while we're in here, we might whack a few little things in uh, in your arteries to make sure that they work okay. Right. Well, my mate reckons that since he had the stents put in, he's waking up with a boner every morning. So obviously the blood's working well. So they must have put a stent in his penis. <laughs> you get a, I think that costs extra, Brian. Does it? Normally, does it come, normally does they, it come under Medicare? I'm not sure. No, I think it's under Boopa. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, normally they just put him in your heart, but he's obviously had one put in, in the uh, in the old uh, todger, and off you go. Could you no, do that? Handy. I wonder. That, that that'd be handy for him. Stop him, roll, stop him rolling out of bed. Yes, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Uh, right. Now, I'm still on the death, Eliza. Uh, so back to a more uh, sombre tone. Thank you, Jim. Death, Eliza, continues. Yeah, it's just a, a sombre tone. Peter Allen, not the, not the uh, go to Rio, Peter Allen. This is Peter Allen, died at the age of this, 87. This uh, is old news, Kev. This is very <laughs> old news. No, it's a different Peter Allen. Uh, oh. This was the former Queensland uh, fast bowler who played one test for Australia back in 1965, um, something that most of us who... Played cricket at any stage, would love to have played just even if it was one test. Played one test in 65. He was an opening bowler for Queensland for many, many years and a very, very good uh, trundler. Um, Peter Mertens, the jockey, uh, the former jockey, uh, Group 1 winning jockey. He, he passed pa- away? Yeah, he did. You're kidding. No, I only found out because I saw a tweet a message from uh, from Brian Martin who was really upset. Terrible. He was great, Pete Mertens. He was terrific father of Bo, who's obviously a very yeah. successful jockey right at this particular minute. Peter was only 58. Um, the dreaded pancreatic cancer got him. Um, 
Seven Group 1 winners. Is, is it Sermione was the one that he won the big one on? One of his big races on? Um, yeah. Wow, Pete Merton's good luck. Great lightweight jockey, country jockey. Yep. Right anywhere, right anywhere type of jockey. Vigorous. I yep. didn't know he was ill. Terrible. Yeah, no. Oh, well, pancreatic cancer is one of those ones that uh, you – you told you got it on Thursday, and you're, you're dead not long after. It's it's uh, he's he's had a bit of a battle with that. Uh, Rocky Gadolari, the boxer, uh, yeah, I he passed away. the Olympian uh, and uh, and boxing champ, passed away at the age of eighty one. Uh, another one, which I don't know if you know this bloke, Brian Graham McKee, the talent agent who ran Westside Talent. Um, these <coughs> uh, of recent times, well, actually, you and I, uh, the interview hasn't gone onto the podcast yet, but Wendy Matthews, who we spoke to, he managed Wendy, he managed uh, Grace Knight, uh, Eurogliders, Wendy Stapleton. Um, Westside Talent was a massive big, uh, and still is, a, a big booking agency yeah. Um, yeah. in uh, Melbourne. Graham ran that with Phil Galotta for many, many years, <laughs> um, and unfortunately Graham passed away on the weekend. He was a really good bloke, um, had a bit to do with him over the years, just in uh, in uh, doing gigs and seeing him at gigs and, and uh Booking things through Westside Talent, and he was a, he's a really good fellow. So really sad to see that he passed away. So mm. th- there you go. That is the uh, the death of Isaac O'Brien. Close her up. That concludes this week's episode of the Death And you're not in it again this week, Brian. So good. Well done. Good job. All right, mate. let's get to the movies that you didn't like from the nineties. We uh, we had a look at the movies you did like last week. Few little surprises in the list from the boys. If I find the list yes. here, um, we had Ed Wood, we had um, Toy Story, Reservoir Dogs, Silence of the Lambs, uh, and which was the one? Oh, the Big Lebowski. That was the one you picked at number one. Uh, fine. Yep, that was me. Brian, you had Bad Lieutenant. You had uh, there's something about Mary Terminator Two, um, uh, the the Three Kings, and uh, and Pulp Fiction. And uh, Boogie Nights, Happy Gilmore, Toy Story, Fargo, and Silence of the Lambs. So we now get to the ones we didn't like from the 90s. You can start, Fonny. Number five. Yeah, pretty, pretty big franchise, this. Many different movies, different versions. And I saw this and... I actually owe this movie a debt of gratitude because it stopped me from seeing any version till about last year or two years ago. Batman and Robin with George Clooney as Batman. Oh. <laughs> Maybe the most ridiculous character, one of the most ridiculous movie characters I've ever seen was Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze. <laughs> Awful. <laughs> and it really made me think the whole thing's just a... a an absolute piss take, just take some famous actors and charge a lot of money. And I did not go back and see anything till I saw the Joker with Joaquin. Yeah. Oh, with Joaquin. Yep. Yeah. That's yep. the only, that's when I made yeah, my Joaquin. Is that what you said? No, Joaquin. Oh, I said it's Joaquin. Okay. No. No, but, yeah, just a terrible movie, that Batman and Robin with Clooney and Schwarzenegger. And Clooney's costume's got nipples. Built into it, and Clooney often says that he nearly killed the franchise. Ah. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, 
dreadful movie. And that was and that I, I watched that uh, series on Arnold Schwarzenegger, the Netflix documentary series. It's very good. I like Honey. Yeah. Um, mm. But yeah, that was the, the myth of freeze uh, was not one of his finest moments. That's got to be said. God. Yeah. Um, number five, Brian, for you. Well, you know I love Sylvester Stallone. I think he's terrific. Yep. Um, except when he tries to play a yuppie, that's not so good. But it's even worse when he tries to do comedy. I suppose Rhinestone Cowboy wasn't too bad. He was a country singer, awful. Mm. But um, stop or my mum will shoot. Oh, my God. This is just painful to watch and um, – you know, Estelle, the Golden Girl, she was in it. That's his mum. Oh, still Getty. Yeah, it's just badly written and really. Stallone just, you know, like Russell Crowe, you think they're good at certain things, but they're not good at comedy. And this was just a waste of everybody's time. So, sorry, Sly. Have you, um, have you watched the Stallone family thing that's currently showing on uh, one of the streaming platforms? I think it's Paramount. I haven't got Paramount, oh, okay. so no, I haven't. Okay. Yeah. Um, I would otherwise. His daughters all look like Barbie dolls. Well, they probably had a bit of work done, and his missus is a good sort. Well, the, the girl, the daughter. It's hard to pick which one's the mother and which one's the daughters because they all look the same. Um, well, it's. That's one of the things with these young girls getting their lips and everything done. They, that's what the 40-year-olds do to look young. Yeah, and then when the young ones do it, they all look the same. I haven't watched it, but I've seen the promo come up on uh, some other shows that I watched on Paramount. I've just gone, oh, okay. Now, my number five is is more like more like what you've done there, Fonny. Mine's like a franchise. Um, anything with the Wayans in it. Any movie, Ooh. name whether it's the, that Mr. Pays thing, whatever it was, or Sergeant Pays or Colonel Pays or General Pays, whatever, anything that's got a Wayans in it is shit. They, uh, in Living Colour, was a you know very popular television series and there was about 750 Wayans in it and, uh, and they came out of that and then they started to write some movies. Every single movie they put their name to or one of them was in turned out to be a crock of crap. And uh, so... Anything with the Wayans in it is uh, is taken up my number five spot of movies from the nineties. They didn't fortunately um, uh, continue on in the movies much after that. I think they were off counting their money, and I hope they continue to do that and don't make any more movies because they're bloody awful. Mm. Number four, Mark. Now you see, I'm sure there were worse movies than these five. Probably not, but the I saw all of these five and I hated them. All right. Um, I can't remember where I saw this. Probably with one of my kids, maybe. <laughs> maybe at the movies, actually. The worst, the 90s saw a lot of TV shows and even TV cartoons remade as movies. Oh, oh yeah. I know yeah. where we are there, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. And this one actually starred a very good actor. But it was an absolute, it was, first of all, the character had two or three in the cartoon series, two or three sort of famous lines that were really, you know, famous for this very famous cartoon character. Yes. So, yeah, in the movie, it must have, I don't know how many times good John Goodman said, well, must. 
but I'll tell you what, there wasn't much else he said. <laughs> and lick my anus. Sorry, Rick Moranus. <laughs> as, as Barney Rubble, well, he's he got into a fair bit of Barney Rubble playing this character because he didn't do much afterwards and for good reason. So the Flintstones movie was an absolute... I was going to say crock of shit, but in keeping with the Flintstones, it was a rock of shit. <laughs> um, I must admit I've never seen it because I saw the promos for it and went, that's, that's horrible. Have you seen John Goodman lately? Yeah, he lost 91 kilos. 91 kilos. He lost he lost 200 pounds, which is a bad day at the races in England, <laughs> I can tell you that. <laughs> yes. he, he's, lost, he's, he's lost one and a half meat. Yeah. It's a, it's a person and a bit, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, I'm about 60, so 91 is me and a half. Yeah, that's uh, it's quite uh, quite amazing. Uh, I'm not sure that he looks – I mean, he obviously looks different. Uh, yeah, he doesn't look brilliant. You know, sometimes when people lose that much weight, they just look – they they look a bit odd. Yeah, it's yeah. A, a most, most unusual. But he definitely yeah. needed to lose something. <laughs> yes. Uh, what's your number four, Brian? Uh, oh, look, I thought the first one of these was bad enough. And it, you know, obviously made some people happy, but I didn't feel that the, the main characters had any chemistry. I felt that it was all seemed a little gay. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that, but when they're not meant to be gay, don't act like you're gay. But um, I'm talking about three men and a little lady. And it was just like Ted Dance and Steve Gutenberg and Tom Selleck. And they just didn't look like their friends and it was just schmaltzy and, you know, I don't know, I just, it just didn't work for me. Maybe it just kind of insulted my intelligence. I just thought they did a really bad job. Yeah. So that's, um, and the first one was pretty crappy too. What was the first one called? Three Men and a Baby? Baby, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, three men. Wasn't Bruce Willis the baby's voice? No, that's Look Who's Talking. Oh, yeah. That's right. right. Yeah, with Kirstie Alley. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. annoying. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I'd agree with you. Not not a great film. Um, but a sequel again. A sequel. When you make a sequel to a film that wasn't exactly, you know, a rip-roaring, fantastic, uh, terrific film, uh, isn't, the, isn't the idea, you know, if you've run out of ideas in the actual original movie, you don't really have enough for a second? I've told you about sequels. Remember when my story from Sexyland? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I do. Yes. Uh, now, mine's, a, mine's a, became a franchise too. I don't know how many of them were done. I watched about 15 minutes of this. I can't stand the, the, the main character in this. I've seen him in some good films, but I can't stand him. He's an actor that I look at and go, no, I can't copy you. I have seen him in a couple of very, very good films, and he's done a couple of very, very good films. But him, I can't stand. And Ace Ventura epitomises everything I reckon that's bad about him, and that's Jim Carrey. And Ace Ventura is my number four. I found it as about as funny as finally masturbating. Right. So then, okay. So you've seen it six times a week for the last forty-five years. <laughs> <Shut up. laughs> 
No, not that often. Please, people, people, don't write it. So that's why we had to start the podcast like Yeah, 15 minutes. I've been kept back at the shop. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, right. Righto. Uh, what do you got at number three, Funny? Well, part of picking a bad movie is also a movie that everybody loves that you just hated. Oh, you know, yeah. so it's not just a matter of picking, you know, uh, look who, you know, Home Alone 5 or whatever, you know, because by the end all movies become terrible yeah, if you do them often enough. But this is actually, this would be in some people's best five movies of the 90s. Mm-hmm. I could not stand it. I absolutely, there are so many things about this movie I hated. First of all, the, the whole concept of it was actually annoying. The movie, well, the concept wasn't terrible. Actually, the concept was okay. The movie got absolutely hijacked by a schmaltzy, oh, saccharine sweet romance. It had everything I hate. It should be number one. Can I change it? Yes, you can. The movie is very Maguire. I hate Renee Zellweger. I hate Renee Zellweger pouting. That pouting look she does is so annoying. All right, it, that show me the money with Cuba Gooding. Cuba Gooding, that was sort of good. It was you're ready for a good movie, and then it gets hijacked with a little kid and a a, ba- a little child and a, and a, and Renee Zellweger pouting and Tom Cruise saying these most contrived, crappy lines. You had what was that the movie where he says you had me at something or she says know, that says, you had me at uh, oh, hello. No, he says to her, You complete me. Oh f- off. And, and she goes, <laughs> You had me at hello. Yeah, yeah. You know when you had me? You had me you had I made a big mistake. This is number one with a bullet. I mean, I I hated this movie when I saw it. It is everything about those American Hollywood movies that I hate, obvious, schmaltzy, and that was even worse that it hijacked what could have been a good, interesting movie about a, a, a sports agent. Yeah, a sports agent, and he's and then we've had series later. There was that series on TV, you know, Arliss or whatever, and there's oh, yeah, been yeah, good. Yeah. There's been good sports agent stuff, you know, the real deal. There's with Dwayne Johnson and um, but this is just absolute fucking Hollywood schmaltz, <laughs> and I and I regret not having it at number one. Sorry. You you're right though, that they tried to promote the film like this was about a sports agent, and I thought it was gonna be a sport movie. And then it, it just turns into this horrible corny love story. It's just Oh, and that yeah, those, those... look that that look that Renee Zellweger makes into the into a camera, like squinting, like somebody must have told her once. You look, it looks cute when you squint. Get a <laughs> pair of get a pair of bifocals and bifocal off. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Written, spoken, and authorized by Mark Fine from Lenny's Fine Foods. Uh, you're number three, Brian. Well, my number three, um, and this one really deserves it because um, this film had a budget from hell and it was sets built like there's no tomorrow. I think Spielberg directed it or whatever. Spielberg, like Schwarzenegger, can't do comedy. 
a la 1942. Um, oh, jeez. Yeah, missed the boat with that one, didn't he? Well, with this one, he completely misses the boat. I don't know what it's trying to be. you got Robin Williams playing Peter Pan. you got Dustin Hoffman oh. pretend doing a, a Peter Cook impersonation. And I don't know how, how Robin Williams is Peter Pan. He's 55 or something. It was just money spent everywhere except on the script and all looked like it was filmed indoors um, on sets and shit and just, just you know, they had, I think it was, you know, like a $80 million budget for this and it was just shit out. So if it was made for $200,000, you would go, okay, fair enough. But um, Was it called Tinkerbell? It was called Hook. Hook, that's right. Yeah, it was bloody awful. Yeah, yeah, no, I do remember it. Um, mm. I don't reckon I've seen it all the way through. Don't bother. I reckon I might have seen five minutes of it. Um uh, I thought I, you see. I could have gone to see that under false pretense, pretenses. Why? I mean, if I saw a movie called Hook, I would have thought that that is about the life and times of Wally Edwards, the uh, opening batsman with the nose. Yeah, the opening batsman from WA yep. that played four tests, or maybe two tests, and three times got caught at fine leg of the hook. Yeah, exactly. he could not. He could not resist old Wally. He was there. All right. Uh, now, my number three. I've, I've uh, put a couple together here, and I don't like either of these films. And it's got you know, there's they're just they're just awful, awfully acted. They're awfully scripted. Their their pretext of what they were about. Um, just sorry, just didn't do it for me at all. Um, and I'm talking about Showgirls. And Striptease. Two of the worst films ever made, Showgirls and Striptease. Just, okay, so Demi Moore wants to take her clothes off and and wriggle up and down a pole. Terrific, Demi. Do it at home for Bruce. And and don't worry, the rest of us, we don't want to see it. We're not really all that interested. And Gina, whatever her name was in Showgirls, my God. Um, Take your Mick Jagger lips and just go away somewhere and uh, and hide because it's about as... It's about as erotic as um, a pencil sharpener. Does um, have some – she is one of the worst actresses. That's one of the worst acting performances you'll ever see, that show, girl. She's yeah. actually – she's sort of like her mouth is that sort of thing where she doesn't actually speak. The words kind of fall out of her mouth. And you go, what? What did she say? Yeah. Um, it just just two really awful demeaning films for women. I thought both, and I'm not I'm not any great you know women's lib or anything, but I just thought they were two absolute shit films. Well, I thought Burt Reynolds in um, Striptease was good because he played it quite light and funny. Bert was like uh, he was in uh, in Boogie. What was it called? Boogie Nights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He sort of played that guy. He was great. Yeah, and and I watched it. And I thought. Demi Moore's just completely missing the way to play this. You know, she's playing it like some grim drama. Yeah, correct. And the movie was meant to be really light. And you can see from Bert, uh, what's his name, you know? We just said his name. Reynolds. Dementia. Bert Reynolds and some of the other actors around her. It's like, oh, yeah, this could have been quite bubbly and fun. But then Demi's just, oh, I'm a single mum. Yeah. Uh, you know, she, she was depressing. I didn't want to hang around with her. 
Yeah, she turned into a woe is me film, which and, and whoa, 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 sorry, whoa, 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 go back and put your clothes on and piss off. Um, yeah. Not a good film. Heather right. Graham would have played that role, oh, better, it would have been she would have been fun. Yeah, yeah. would have been perfect. Uh, righto, number two, finally, what do we got? <laughs> Jerry Maguire's almost, a, you know, top of the podium there. How are you going to top that? Just on strip-teasing showgirls, I concur, excellent bracket. And to think that in neither of those movies there was a spot for Yoko's pussy is <laughs> outrageous. Yes. <laughs> I, I meant to mention that. I meant to mention that. Thanks for thanks for reminding me about that. Terrible casting. Yeah, awful. Yeah. What's what's number two? Lost in a black hole, that casting. All right, now. Growing up, I had a TV series. I had a few TV series that I loved, maybe three or four, that I, I loved, that formed the man you have today. I know one of them well. One of them, in equal parts, was, as a little kid, it was quite scary at times, but it was also fun, humorous, kitsch. I had the great privilege, thanks to Scott Gooding's TV Freak, he organised an interview with Billy Mummy. Yeah. And got to talk to him for an hour about his great <laughs> fondness for then the late Jonathan Harris who played Dr Smith. Of course, I'm talking of Lost in Space. Yep, that's right. And there, uh, were, yes. many, there were many scary episodes. It was, I, you know, if, if there was two, if you were in, if you were either a fan of Star Trek or Lost in Space, I hated Star Trek. I thought it was so far up its fundamental orifice. <laughs> I could not could not care for a minute of Star Trek. <laughs> if you watch Doctor Who, if you watch Doctor Who, you must have you must have brain damage. Seriously, I mean, you know that was just that was literally filmed inside a warehouse somewhere in. Jolly old England and never look like anything else. Yeah. Now I know, I know you could say same for a bit of Lost in Space, but what brilliant acting by Doctor Smith and the humour between him and the robot. Yeah, Anyhow, they completely. F- and I don't know who directed that movie Lost in Space, but they got Doctor Smith to be played by Gary Oldman, sinister, nasty, not not a dry piece of humour, not a you know you. Cackling heap of you could cop and you know you bobbling bobble headed booby you yeah. sanctimonious you know yep. it was all so good and apparently that was all ad libbed it was just brilliant none of that just this nasty I mean Gary Alban's a very good actor oh he's a terrific a na- actor a nasty version of Doctor Smith nothing fun about it nothing friendly no sexual tension between. Matt LeBlanc. Yeah, Matt yeah. LeBlanc. Matt, Dog. Yeah, there was a bit. There was some, you know, Matt LeBlanc as Major West. I mean, Major West. No, he was, was Don. He played Don. Yeah, Don West. Yeah, Don oh, West. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, he was tough. He was capable. And and then, you know, Dr. You know, Robinson, the family father, he was played by Zorro. I mean, you couldn't get a better man. <laughs> Who's Zorro? Anson. Or whatever his name was. Yeah, the, the, the bloke who played uh, in the TV series played Zorro oh. in the Zorro TV series. Well, who yeah. played him in the movie? Not Zorro. I can no, tell you that much. Yeah, no. Zorro was good. No, 
it really ruined it. They pissed all over the the memory of Lost in Space. So you know what I say to that version of Lost in Space? Here we go. Crush, kill, destroy. <laughs> uh, very nice. Very nice indeed. Right, Brian, good. what do you got at uh, number two? Well, my number two, and I'll be honest, I haven't seen this, but I have read the reviews, and it's a um, one of those movies where there's a couple of cops that don't want to work together, but they have to, and along the journey they find that they like each other, and when they work together, shit goes well. And, you know, I think if you had, you know, Samuel L. Jackson and The Rock in this, probably would have been a great movie. If you'd had Ryan Reynolds and, you know, uh, Paul Rudd, would have been a great movie. However, for some reason, they decided to cast Jean-Claude Van Damme in, as one of the cops, and for reasons unknown to anyone, Dennis Rodman seemed to be the obvious <laughs> choice to play the, play the other bloke. So um, that's a movie called Double Team with oh, yeah. starring Jean-Claude Van Damme and Dennis Rodman. Rock on. Dennis Rodman. My <laughs> God. Isn't isn't Jean-Claude Van Damme the one that came to Australia and hit on Stephen Quartermain's missus and Quarters was going to whack him? Quarters, Quarters gave him a shove in the chest and put him on his ass. Yeah, the, the, it's, uh, it was Julie when, when Quarters was married to Julie and uh, John apparently, uh, Jean-Claude, thought she was a bit of all right. Yeah, he goes to Canberra for holidays. That says a lot about his mentality. Who? Quarters? Jean-Claude oh. Van Damme oh, okay. loves to go to Canberra for a holiday. Good God. It does yeah. sound, it does so a little bit. I've just looked up the cast of Lost in Space. Um and uh, it looks it looks to me like it's is it William Hurt who played um Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. And it looks like little Lacey Chabert plays the um the the younger Angela Cartwright role. And yeah. uh, that looks like Nev Campbell playing the other one. They should have had Pamela Anderson playing Judy. <laughs> now we're off to a good start. Oh yeah, John Claude Dan playing and who would you get to do Dr. Smith, the kid from today's group of actors that would be all right? See, Robin Williams would have played that well, not Gary Owen, because that's how yeah, it should Robin have been Williams. played. Yeah, Robin Williams. It should have been played like that. Yeah. Um, or a Billy Nye. Tell you it would have been good as as um, as uh, the, the – what's his Smith? name? Smith? Uh, yeah, Smith. It would have been Billy Nye, the, um, the English yeah, actor. Yeah, he'd be, he yeah, he'd be all right. He'd be all right. Not, yeah. not Gary. Gary Almond. Gary Almond. There's a series around uh, on one of the streaming platforms called Slow Horses with Gary Almond. He is terrific in it. He's such a good actor, but not in Lost in Space. And um, maybe as Mr. Robinson, Bobcat Goldthwait. Okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. Uh, my number two. Uh, I've, I've seen. I've seen Slow Horses. Yeah, it's a good series, isn't it? No, no, I saw three of them <laughs> you backed at Caulfield on Saturday. <laughs> they had money on all of them. Uh, uh, my number two in the bad uh, is a little thing with our, our – oh, good, there's some Aussie talent in here. Uh, the lovely Nicole uh, and her, at that stage, husband, uh, Tom, uh, in a little thing called Eyes Wide Shut. And that's mm. how you should watch that film, with your eyes shut. 
and no. and and um, ice picks in your ears, and uh, you know electrodes attached to your gonads. All of those things. That's the way you will enjoy that film is to have those things going on in your life, and preferably someone putting a tomahawk through the back of your head, and you'll probably like it. Outside of that, can't say that you'll think much of it. Uh, mm. It is one of the worst films I watched. I reckon ten minutes of it, and went, "You've got to be kidding!" And then they said there was a sex scene with Tom and Nicole that went for fifteen minutes. I said, "Well, I won't be hanging around for that." Well, so. Tom must have had a stunt double for that. <laughs> no, he had your mates. They put a stent in his uh, in his little oh, yes. in his little Tom Cruise, uh, and, uh, and made little Tommy Cruise all all bent out now, of shape. You were t- going to tell me a story about. Like she I came in, now, Nicole. Now, yeah, yeah. Now she came into Fox at one stage when I was working there to do an interview with Barry Bissell, and they put the limo pulled up at the front, and we knew she was coming. And it was when Dead Calm was at. Remember Dead Calm, that film she did with Sam Neill? Yeah, yeah. And she had the really long red hair, like halfway down her back. And uh, Annie on reception, because we were all waiting to see, well, you know, when she came in, uh, what she what she looked like, let's be honest. Um, so Annie on reception rang me in my office and said, uh, Nicole's the thing. So I ran up to the, the, the boardroom and the boardroom looked out onto the, uh, where, they, where the cars pulled up. And so the limos pulled up. And uh, she's got out of the limo. She had this um, bum-hugging green mini skirt on, a beautiful green mini skirt on, the hair halfway down the back. And I've got to say, the most stunning-looking woman, um, one of the, close to one of the most stunning-looking women I've ever seen in my entire life. She was oh, drop, you know, the, the jaw dropped. She was jaw-droppingly good to look at. And you went. Oh, wow. And Bissell was in the studio waiting for her. And I've never said, Bissell dribbled. He literally dribbled when she, hello, yeah, sit down. He did a great interview with her, but um, he was just, she was such a knockout. Such a knockout. And I've watched her of recent times. She doesn't do it for me at all. No, not now, no. But that day, I have to say, With the red hair halfway to the mat, she was absolutely stunning. Absolutely stunning. Was this on a hey, ra- Brian, Brian. Was this on a ratings party day and no. then he's pissed? No. No. What's that, Friday? Yeah. I think we all know what Kevin did that night. <laughs> I didn't do a finey. you been practicing. I didn't yes. do a finey at all. Um be now known Give as me a, a break. Doing as a finey. Um I didn't. No, no, she was absolutely now, and not does not do it for me whatsoever. And and yeah, I I, I think back to that day and think, my God, um, looks like a totally totally different woman. Anyway, she's you're a fine actress, but she she's made some shit films. Oh, I don't think she is a fine act- actress, to be honest. Mm, okay, I've um, seen her in some good things. I've seen her in some good again. Uh, yeah, I've seen her in some very good things too. But um, yeah, not recently. But the best thing was the bub hug and green dress, you reckon? That's the best oh, thing she's in, Kev. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Right, Fanny, well, what's your number one? Here we go. Now, first of all, I didn't hate Eyes Wide Shut. You're kidding. Well, because it's a, I'm pretty sure it's a Stanley Kubrick movie. Yes, and it I just is. think he's, a, he's the greatest directorial genius in the history of movies, I think. Did, it, did a great job of the moon landing. <laughs> I mean, he's, but he's the greatest. He's the greatest ever. And whilst that film, film was hard to consume, there was a highly erotic 
a highly, highly erotic um, orgy scene that I found quite interesting. That was the thing, though, yeah, the 15 minutes with Tom and Nicole and everyone and their dog. Yeah, yeah, it was a full-on orgy. It was very interesting. Yeah. I certainly would have liked to be cast in that. Um, All right, on to my number one bad. (laughs) Now, there was a period of time, you said, first of all, when, you know, in my first 20 years of life, you went on an aeroplane and they projected a movie and everybody watched it. Remember they pulled down the little white yep. screen? Yep. Yep. And then it did advance to, you know, there was a, a TV in the back of every seat, like a yeah. – and now, of course, there's a, a, a video, for, you know, in every seat, but you've got the choice of hundreds of movies and games and, you know, you've got the full – Full gamut of you can choose whatever you want, correct? Yep, correct. But there was a period, and I was subject to watching a movie where you had the TV in the back of the seat in front of you, but you still only had one movie choice. You didn't have the full yeah range yeah, no, of things. Yeah, right. So I was on an international flight, and I was forced to watch a movie that has stuck with me. And it's good because I looked it up and I hoped it was in the 90s because it really is one of the worst, most horrible movies I've ever seen. It took a character from TV, not the – it took an actress from TV that played the most annoying character on TV and built a movie around it. And it's called Beautician and the Beast. Uh, <laughs> not Fran Drescher, is it? Fran Drescher reprises her role of Fran – I hate the fact that her surname was fine. Just, <laughs> hey, what's too? I forgot about that. Oh. You know, how dare she? But anyhow, so I hated that banani because it was so annoying. I mean, I would never watch it. Just it would flick across your screens and it was annoying. Yep. But they took that character and they did, they did a remake of something like Beauty and the Beast or King and I or something. I don't know. Something like that, you know. Where not Beauty and Beast, it was more King and I. It was like a a wealthy to do courtier and this humble beautician. Yeah, it'd be Beauty and the Beast. It'd be a play on that. Yeah, yeah it was just terrible, mate. I mean, uh, Mr. Sheffield, uh... along those lines, you know. But actually, you know, when you're stuck on an aeroplane and you've got hours to kill and you want to fall asleep. You tend to watch what movie back in the day. You just had to watch what they served up. Mm. Yeah, mm. that would be followed by a tiny meal in little compartments, sitting next to some overweight motherfucker who wants to talk the whole time. <laughs> and believe me, beautician and the beast was no break from the tedium. <laughs> so that goes in at number one. Ah, uh, fair enough. A uh, good a good five there, Mister Fine. Righto, Brian. What do we got? Uh, you got a you got a top um, Jean Claude and Dennis Rodman. Yes. Uh, well, it's pretty hard to top that, but I think I can. Mm. I spoke earlier about how Sylvester Stallone not real good at doing comedy. Well, Schwarzenegger has done a couple of good comedies, but Junior is not one of them. This is the one where, for some reason, Arnold Schwarzenegger becomes pregnant. Oh, <laughs> yes. This movie should not have got past the pitch. I've got an idea for a movie. Arnold Schwarzenegger gets pregnant. Get out of my office. That's how it should have finished. Is this the one with Emma Thompson? 
Oh, I don't know. I just remember him talking about how his nipples are sore and it was just, oh, oh stop it. It was just, you know, no, no, just have another go home and write, come up with another concept. We're not making this. It should never have been made. Absolutely dreadful. Was it an Ivan Reitman film? I think it must have been to get it made because it had been a success with twins. Yeah, well, isn't, um, isn't that the famous story about all they all the the pitch for twins was five words written down on a piece of paper: um, Schwarzenegger, DeVito, twins, or something. And they handed, yeah. it, handed it to whoever, whichever studio made it, handed it that to him and said, "What do you think?" And he said, "Go here's here's millions of dollars. Go and make it." Well, he made Ghostbusters, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, well, he's got a few points on the board. Yes, Junior was an. I've said. I've. I again. I don't think it's a film I've seen all the way through. I think it'd be very hard to see it all the way through. Mm. Yes, uh, mm. minor one is a similar sort of thing. A bloke who's done again, done some good films, and in fact was in my top five last week. Um, one of his films, but Billy Madison with. Um, Adam, mm. what's his face? Um, Sandler. Sandler is just an awful, awful film. It's it's puerile. It uh, how it got made. Uh, I mean, it obviously got made because he had incredible success with the Wedding Singer and with Happy Gilmore. So he got some money from some studios. He said, "Yeah, go away and his go away and make us three or four films and come back." Well, if they asked for another Happy Gilmore or they asked for another Wedding Singer, they didn't get it with Billy Madison. They got an absolute piece of crap. Um, just. Not funny. I, I I reckon I've watched twenty or thirty minutes of it and just uh, different parts of it. Just to because I actually liked the wedding singer. I loved the wedding singer and I loved Happy Gilmore and I wanted yeah. him. And the Water Boy was another dreadful film he made. Um, Overacts in those ones yeah, when he puts on the shocking. voice and shit. It's just annoying. Well, it it's it's it it, it uh, for me always says. The script shit house. You're trying to make up for it by making making how you say it funny rather than what you say is funny, and uh, that that's never worked for me. Um, it's kind of like writing a story and calling your character Mister Penis. Yep. You know, you know, it's like I'll get a laugh out of his name. No, that's just shit. Well, it's like it's like he's he's got two really good films in him, and they want three more, so he writes them anyway, and he just hasn't got any more jokes to do, and it's just just an awful, awful film, awful, awful film. I've got to say, I disagree. You like Billy Madison? No, I've never seen it, but I would like to see a movie with Mr. Penis. You <laughs> 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 idiot. Uh, so that's the good and the bad from the night. Now, next, uh, the next two eps of, uh, of Rock and Roll, um, provided Brian doesn't have a heart attack and leave us, uh, we'll be looking at the good five and the bad five Australian films of the 90s. Okay, so but good five why, next week. Yeah, that's why we haven't mentioned any Australian films in in this part of it so far because we're doing them as a separate entity. And there's there's many many good Australian films. In fact, one or two, one at least that you've been in, Brian. That's right, absolutely. Right up the top of the tree of the films of the nineties, Australian uh, films of the nineties. I should point out too. So, All right, that's the one I think was released in two thousand. Yeah, that's right. I've actually now that you now that I've just said that you did so. We'll have to check out when uh, when Chopper came out, Brian. Was filmed in ninety nine. Does that count? Well, no, no. It's when, it's it's when, when it's released. released. It's when it's released. Ah, okay. Oh well. Could be. We think that might not be in this one. We might have to go to the two thousands. You know, after after. Yeah. No, I don't. But now I will say this about the nineties bad movies. 
We were working, I was working off a few lists, but one of the main lists, I think IMDb's worst movies of the 90s. Yep, that's correct. There was a movie in there that was such a good movie. In the bad list? Yeah, that actually, if I thought about it, could have almost been in my top five. Good? Yeah. Which was was it? It was such a brilliant idea for a movie, and even the sequel to it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. What are you working up to here? Fine. No, no, no. I'm serious. Jumanji. Oh, yeah. the, the Robin Williams thing? You know, about the board game. I think it's such a brilliant idea for a movie. Yeah. There was another one in there that I really liked. It's called uh, Amos and Andrew, and it's Samuel L. Jackson and Nicolas Cage, and it's a really, really funny movie, and it's cleverly written and beautifully acted, and... um. It's all about this black bloke goes goes to Rhode Island or something because he's black and he thinks he's breaking into the house and then from there one thing leads to another and shit gets real. But it's really funny. So I thought I was surprised that that was in there. And Happy Gilmore was it as number ninety is one of the worst too, yeah, which was also yeah. surprising. Yeah, yeah. No, I like Happy Gilmore. It was in well, it was in my top five last week. Did yeah. you see Jumanji? I don't know if I've seen Jumanji. Now that's Robin Williams. He's in it, yeah. yeah he's Kevin, in it. Is Kevin Klein in that? Yeah, oh, might maybe. be. He maybe might be the hunter. Yeah, maybe for a bit. But it's very clever sort of movie, I think. Yeah, I thought it was good. I like the remakes too with when it's now a video game. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, but That's even, good. even Jumanji 2 I thought was good. That was in space. No, I didn't see that one. Okay. All right. Well, uh, we'll talk Aussie movies next week and uh, we'll talk the death alizer. We'll talk uh, the footy tips. We'll see how Brian goes. Can he make it three weeks in a row of zero scores? Every possible <laughs> chance. No, no. He's gone the conservative route this week. If he gets three zeros in a row, <laughs> it's still possible. Yeah, I mean, it is possible. If he does it, I will personally. Even though I'm not a good sculptor, I've got to admit that because I've never ever sculpted anything. I've mm. never, I've literally never sculpted anything. Mm. But I will make a sculpture of Brian and put it in the front yard of my house for a year. Oh, okay. I was going to say put it in the shop, <laughs> put it in the shop window, but we don't want to scare people off. Oh, fair enough. It'll be life size, so it won't be huge. But... <laughs> yeah. Oh. oh, there we go. There you go. Yeah. No, but still, yeah. my life size. I mean, the bloke's, what, five foot eight or something? He's something. Yeah. No, five, five, four. All right. So, you know, that's a lot of sculpting I'll have to do. <laughs> so we'll see what happens next week. Have a good week, boys. Take care. Look after yourselves, and I'll see you same time next week. Au revoir. Au revoir. You've just experienced rock and roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. <laughs>